We used to lock ourselves in the bedroom whenever he got drunk. He punched a hole through the door and sure. my daughter screamed. And mm. you just a mom who's trying to protect her kids yeah. and you did what you think was right. I thought that day he's killing us and I need the world to know how I died. So I recorded everything. My daughter came out blue. Then my mom narrated the story to me. And then that's when she told me you were dead, Nolo. Do you know how long you died for? Three minutes. They said I was gone for three minutes. Do you know where you were within that three minutes? The pediatrician who received her said that I watched the doctor resuscitating you and I tried to perform CPR on a newborn, which is <coughs> uncalled for. They usually don't do that. When a baby's born still, sure. they in hospitals, they usually just accept it that way. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of I've Been Through the Most podcast right here on St. Twins TV on YouTube. Yes, with your favorite twins, it is myself, Innocent, and of course, Millicent, also known as the St. Twins, and we yes. are available on all digital platforms. Remember, if you're listening to this, go ahead and follow us on Twitter, TikTok, as well as Instagram. Yeah, so you'll know all our moves, but you know when we make moves, we make real moves, okay? <laughs> this show is not just to entertain. This show is to educate. This show is to inspire. It is to change lives. Um, these are real people with real stories, and we always get so honored when people just come to pour out their hearts. It's never just about them. The story is always bigger. Today, we are so honored and excited to have a sister in the industry, a friend that we truly love. You might know her from the popular drama series, her name is Bebezi Nolo. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, guys, for inviting me. It's so such an honor. Here. Right. Beginning. Yes. We are like, <laughs> we want her so badly. <laughs> we have been. Yeah, all in God's timing, I guess. Yes. Right? Yes. I think this is the perfect time. Yeah. Actually, uh, Millicent, I know you worked with Nono before. She yes. is a radio presenter as well, guys. Yeah. So they met years ago um, on radio. On, on radio yeah. And mm -hmm. I got to work with her on television. Isn't that crazy? I was <laughs> like, what? We actually spoke about your Skim Sam audition. I remember when you told me you're going to Skim Sam for an audition. Yes, because I was and working with with you on that yes, particular radio station. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, no, I'm going for this, you know, this audition. It was open audition. Yes. I was like, wait, you're going to queue, you're going to do this whole thing. Trust me, she, she stood out. Yeah, as a matter of fact, now I was going there to have fun and take pictures with the uh, fellow actors because they're yes. from Limpopo, so I have that pride. <laughs> These are my people. Yes. And I was actually going for moral support with my cousin, right? She yeah. has been oh, in the acting industry. Yes. And I thought, you know, let go, go try. Wait, so you were actually like, accompanying I'm someone. Up, yeah. You were not going there to audition. No. Yeah. And it just so happens when we're in the queue, they asked me why we're not auditioning. And you know why they asked her? Because she's always talking. Yes, yes talk. I'm always talking. <laughs> and they're like, no, man. I think they felt and loved your energy so much. And they said, put together a monologue and audition. I'm like, what's a monologue? <laughs> so I quickly went outside. I googled monologue. I'm like, oh, okay. Then I wrote it down and I tr and translated it to Sepedi. Mm. And I got in there and did my thing. And, and that's two how you weeks got later, the job. they called me and said, the role was not there for auditioning that day, but we have a role that we feel you can play. Oh, you never left their minds from that no, day. No, never. Yeah. So, but I also just think, you know what? In the in this industry we work in, some are chosen and some are called. Mm. You know. So I would like to believe I was called because even in radio, the well, way I got into radio was never much of a struggle. Somebody loved mm. my voice and said, "I love your voice. Can I train you to be a radio presenter?" 
so i've never stood in queues for auditions i've never sent multiple demos Mm. I find myself in these spaces mm. and it's totally different from what I studied in school right so Yo, it's not like I went it. to drama school I have a degree in psychology and a diploma yeah, in I teaching remember. yeah so I don't really have uh I, I was I was never really um driven to be in the industry mm. but it always came and found me wherever I am even to this day any role that I get I'm called and said We've got a role that we feel you can play on this short film. Hey, yeah, the way people are busy suffering, we out here auditioning. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> you get calls, huh? <laughs> Level. She yeah. said, colleague. Yeah, yeah, but I also think it's yeah. because um, God chose me to be in that particular industry to be mm. a change agent. Mm. I didn't yeah. know it then, but now I know why. I always get um, roles and opportunities so easily. So, but you're not on Skim Sam anymore. Yeah. Are you fired? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm As trying to say it's not because I'm just like... <laughs> you know, thank you for asking me that. So many people are always concerned. Mkhadi, when are you coming back? Mkhadi, when are you coming back? Mm, yeah. And this is what I always say. Mkhadi is not dead, right? Mm, mm. If you're dead in a, in a story, you you're know. not coming back. Mm-hmm. So is in jail because of her son Noah. Yeah. She's in jail with her son and her mother. Yes. Yeah. So it means she will come back at yeah. some point. Amen. So I believe she's coming back and she's going to come back with fire. So watch Yay. out now. <laughs> Love it. So much has happened in your life. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting, guys. Oh, my word. I remember when you told me you're getting married. Mm. Um, I was shocked at first because I was like, what, what, you know? Then a few months later, you know, the marriage was over. You know, it was such a short-lived process, but maybe you can quickly narrate that for us as to what had happened. Whew. Let me just hold myself so I don't cry because my makeup will melt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I found myself in a relationship with this particular individual, and to be honest, it was a rebound relationship. So mm-hmm. I was hurt by somebody. So I ran into the arms of somebody else. And you can understand that obviously there's no love there. It was a rebound. But then within the hurt, um, I guess I found myself being so comforted by him. And I believed that he loved me. He has he has been chasing me for four years. Yo. So I finally gave him a chance, right? Mm. Like, you know, let me rather give this guy a chance because that one played with my heart. Maybe this one will be serious. Yeah. So then I fell pregnant. And this is my second child right with a different Mm. man and when I told my mom the news my mom said well what are you gonna do and I told Mm. my mom well he says he wants to marry me my mom said why why don't you just get married then what if this is your last marriage proposal Mm. and I thought to myself well you know he does love me more than I I love him so I guess life will be easier Mm. He, he cherishes me he holds me like an egg you know let me let me do this thing let's get married but I always had doubts because there were red flags along the way mm. that I decided Such to as? ignore. Well, he his abusive nature mm-hmm. that stems from his addictive uh, problems. So he's mm. got an addiction problem. Substance abuse. Yes, substance abuse. Okay. So, um, and the reason I'm saying that is because really, in most cases, whenever I would encounter an ab- an abuse episode with him. It was when he was under the influence. And then when you told him what he did the next day, he doesn't believe it. He's and shocked. No. He's fine without substance abuse. He's a good man. Mm. Oh. He's a good husband, great father, amazing human being. He prays with me. That was wow. the first time I was with a man that Yo. prays with me. 
you understand we would mm. sing praise and worship together and we would pray together he's powerful spiritually and i thought mm. i'm on to something here mm. you know and i know god loves marriage you know so i thought mm. this will work out but i knew that if he could just deal with his addictive mm. nature right his addiction problem so then i i found a therapist for him cuz rehab was not in the picture but i found somebody to talk to him because okay. he said he also wanted to to let change. it go he was remorseful and apologetic every time i tell him what he did and so he was on his way to being a better person but then you know these episodes would happen especially month end i don't know what it was about month end but you mm. know i got money i'm going drinking mm. and i don't know what he, else he does um aside from drinking so but you used to dread month end like, i used to oh. dread it mm. yeah and so um look i finally got married because i thought well i'm pregnant second child with a different baby daddy if i don't settle this thing now It's my lovely. time is running out you know mm. so i married to hope that oh. things would get better and he just never got better he never changed he never changed but and now, i'm sure you were like so if these people were ever were like a marriage is this what they were talking about so this is marriage when they say marriage is you hard know? i'm like nobody warned me it's yes. this hard right but then i had to take a stand one day i woke up and i realized i'm damaging my oldest daughter because she's um, perceiving all of this mm-hmm. right she's at the tail end of all of this she's seeing the abuse in the home and she's hearing words she's never heard before mm. her mom being called words that and she has to come and ask me what did that word mean sure. you know she's terrified of this man but this is supposed to be her stepdad right and i knew that i'm i'm destroying her but then most importantly i grew up that way i grew up watching mm. my dad beat my mom mm. so i just could not let her grow up that way as well had i had to cut experience. the vicious cycle mm. so the last door on a camel's back was um we used to lock ourselves in the bedroom whenever he got drunk so that we can avoid him with the kids with the kids yeah Aww. and the last time we, he was fed up with us always locking ourselves in the bedroom because when, whenever he was coming home and we knew he was drunk would quickly run upstairs and stay oh, in sure. there you know and um it was the day he punched a hole through the door and sure. my daughter screamed and i thought you know no you're destroying this young child really i think it's it's really scary you know it's one thing to see to have an experience like this and it's mm. it's one thing to live within that experience yeah. like you hear stories all the time and i remember you particularly sent me that video i was so frightened to see because i know nolo she's so vulnerable she's mm. really just like okay she looks like a hardcore but she's a genuine yeah. person she's a loving person and mm. you just a mom who's trying to protect her kids yeah. and you did what you think was right mm. but to think that violence can get to a point where you can physically punch your hand through a through door, door like through a door I mean it's terrifying you've got small kids there and it just so happens that uh, after you know through all the abusive episodes he took us through um most of the time we used to run to my brother's place in Midrand and sleep there while I was pregnant so then after I gave birth I cannot now be carrying a, a newborn yes. with everything and running away again so then yeah. this the the solution of locking ourselves in the bedroom became a common thing right yeah. but then I think for me uh, it was painful to find myself in that situation you know because i grew up that way how mm. do i end up here yeah. yes you know why like, are you reliving your how, worst nightmare you know mm. but then i learned there's such things called generational curses yes. so when i learned that i knew no it has to stop with you if you 
find this to be the norm in marriages because it was the norm in your parents' marriage and you want it to be a norm in yours, it's going to be a norm in your mm -hmm. daughter's marriages too. Mm -hmm. So it has yeah. to end with you. Yes. It has to end with you. So look, it was a nine-month marriage, duration of my pregnancy. I was yeah. married for nine months. And then that day when I recorded him was the first time I thought, I wanted, first I wanted to show him what he did because when I told him what he did, he didn't believe it. Secondly, I thought that day he's killing us. When he punched that hole through that door, you I thought, capable I'm of dying anything. and I need the world to know how I died. So I recorded everything. <sighs> and that's how I managed to show my parents and say, do you see what I'm going through? Do you guys really want to make me make this thing work when this is what I'm going through? I cannot do it any longer. I've tried. Yes, it's embarrassing <sighs> to have a marriage that fell apart in nine months. And yes, I am proving people right that industry marriages don't last. Fine. But I can't do this anymore. But am I angry with him? No. As a matter of fact, I'm just praying wherever he is, he's healing. Wow. Because I've got a feeling oh, that thing is deeper. It's a demonic spirit, you know, sure. because he really hated himself every so you time just we wish him, him wow. I wish him well no. for the sake of his daughter. Mm -hmm. Do they um, have a relationship with the daughter? No. The, it, my daughter has never met her dad how old is your daughter now she's two and a half shocking it's been two and a half years yeah. and i know your um, delivery story you know the pregnancy everything there's just a story behind that as well and i know you're a very spiritual person because you can pick up if you know this is a, a, a spiritual fight or this is just like a normal thing and yeah. i mean you had to go through hmm, I don't want to call it war, but you can describe it on, on what you had to go through to have this beautiful baby. Mm. What happened? You know, um, the year 2021 for me, I felt like my existence on earth was really tested. You know, um, during the pregnancy, I encountered abuse. You know, um, one point he pushed me down the stairs and I'm pregnant at that Yo. time. Anything could have happened, right? But oh, luckily, no. I fell on my back. I didn't fall on my stomach. Um, I got into a car accident that didn't make sense. The car was a write-off. And it wasn't even like a hectic... It wasn't even a, with another car. It was with a delivery, Mr. Delivery Scooter and my oh. car. And it was and a write-off. Right mm. And um, I had severe high blood pressure during my pregnancy. Every time I went for checkups... The doctor would always say, but why is your BP not going down? Why does it always keep, why does it keep going high? But I couldn't tell the doctor that um, I have problems at home, right? And, um, you know, and even after um, my then ex-husband left, I could not afford going to see a doctor anymore because mm. the breadwinner is gone, right? I'm not working. In our industry, yeah. when you're pregnant, you're not working. working so yeah. I stopped even going for, for checkups. Yeah, I no just, work, no pay. Yes. If you're pregnant, it's on you. It's on you. So uh, when I went to give birth that day, whew. so that day, I, wasn't, I didn't have any labor pains. And I remember mm -hmm. I was listening to praise and worship because I couldn't fall asleep. And then after a particular song, I remember I said to my mom, please cover me to the hospital. I want to ask mm. the nurses to take this baby out. Yeah. And my mom said, sure. Why? Why? You're not ready, Musa. You know, oh, you're... And a little thing, we don't have enough money for, for your bed. Because in a private hospital, uh, to book a bed is like 28000 Yeah. Right? 
But I insisted on going to give birth in a private hospital because I was a high-risk pregnancy with BP. Oh, already you, already. you need yeah. extra care. I need extra care. And so my mom and I have been saving. And um, my mom is like, what are you going to do when you get there? Because you're not in labor. I said, I'm going to And you don't want to waste mm. money mm. by a false alarm. Yes. So I said, no, I'm going to beg them. If I have to use the my TV face to beg them, I'll do so. I'm going <laughs> to, to beg advantage, them. Yes. yes. Yeah. We drove to the hospital. When I got there, they're like, so what are you here for? I'm like, I want to give birth. So they check my vitals. And mm. the moment they check my vitals, the whole hospital now is in, up in arms. When are your BP so high? What's happening? Why, why aren't you having a stroke? You know you could have a heart attack. You know, now they're shouting at me. Yeah. Why did I come here with my BP so high? Did I not check my BP? The child is under distress. Now they immediately call for emergency cesarean. This is like 10 o'clock at night. Now they're calling the doctors, the anesthesiastic. Sure. They're calling the pediatrician. Everybody, all the doctors need to run to a hospital now <laughs> because it's an emergency cesarean. And my, do my daughter came out blue. When they took her out of me, she was a stillborn. So you actually knew something was wrong? I guess, yes, that's what I'm trying to say. There's something deeper something is not right. that happened to yeah. you. You knew, although physically you are not in pain, you're like, something is not right. Mm. I need to get to hospital. Mm. It was not a traumatic moment mm -mm. at that point. You knew. I knew. You knew. You just couldn't put your finger on it. Yeah. And when, when all this emergency is happening, you're like, I'm yeah. I'm calm. That time mm. I had a kind of peace that's, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Oh. Yeah. Because I was sitting there calm and... You know, I remember one nurse saying, aren't you scared? Get a no, I, I don't have pain anyway. I don't understand what's happening. Mm. So then they gave me the epidural. And then I felt the cut, you know, just the pressure of the cut, cesarean mm. cut. And then I, it was lights out for me because I couldn't breathe after the epidural. For some reason, I could not breathe in. So I remember the last breath I took, there was a, a nurse, a male nurse standing on my side. And I pulled on the scrub and I said, I can't breathe. I just uttered the words, but obviously I didn't, there were no, there was no voice coming out. Wait, just but said, they put you out waist down. Yes. So you supposed so to So you collapsed, you just blacked out, yes. not from the epidural, mm -mm. just you. There was mm. something wrong with you. Yeah. So when I, when I looked at the nurse and I said, I can't breathe. That's when lights out for me. And I woke up to find people still up in arms and running around. And I just said, Where's my child? Because all I wanted to hear was the child, the cry, oh the God. first cry. And I just said, where's my child? Don't worry about your child. Give her this, give her that, you know? So I'm confused what happened. And um, I didn't see my kid for like three days uh, because she was in ICU. She had tubes coming out of every hole in her body. Um, what I am appreciative of is that the pediatrician who received her said that I watched the doctor resuscitating you and I tried to perform CPR on a newborn, which is <coughs> uncalled for. They usually don't do that. When a baby's born still, sure. they in hospitals, they usually just accept it that way. So she tried, and my baby woke up. Oh. You know, so we both woke up. Thank and God. Thank God. And thank God you had a fighting team in that room yeah. who, who saw life yeah. when there was literally, like, no life. They were like, let's try. Yeah. So what both you of you were... Fighting for your lives. Yeah, yeah. We're, both of us are a miracle story to this day because a lot of women who die during childbirth do die from preeclampsia, and that is severe high blood pressure mm -hmm. that collapses the the, the heart. Yeah. And yeah, you are out. But you know, um, 
then my mom narrated the story to me because I didn't understand what happened. And then that's when she told me, you were dead, Nolo. You were dead. And the doctor came to me and said, we lost your child. And my mom said, go back and try. She's not going to die. And my mom was in that hospital, in the name of Jesus, calling my aunts, please pray with me. You know, she was, she she didn't care. She was praying loud and, you know, just pantsing around the the ward Mm. and the corridors because she just knew what it this doesn't end. Mm-hmm. This cannot be the end of mm-hmm. Nolo, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, she came, the doctors tried, and I woke up. Do you know how long you died for? Three minutes. They said I was gone for three minutes. Do you know where you were within that three minutes? Um, so upon my uh, return from hospital, right? so I spent, we spent a month in hospital, my daughter and I. Phew. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also had to check me as well. You know, but mostly it was because she was in ICU for like a month. So you mentioned who you were paying cash. A month yeah. in a private hospital. Yeah, we're not. So really? what I, I mean I'm still paying the bills to this day. What are you talking about? Because you you you're a single parent <laughs> yeah. now. You're a single parent, yeah. yes, you have your mom there, but sure. you are only literally budgeting for that three days mm. and you're done. Mm. Not knowing that there'll be an emergency mm. and now you're there for a month, mm. you and the baby. Me and the baby. <sighs> Luckily, the baby was on medical aid. My mother's medical aid. Okay, Yay. thank you. Yes. Yeah, so, she, and she was the most expensive medical bills because she stayed in hospital under in ICU, ICU well. for a month, mm. right? So now it's just the resident there. They gave me a bed. Like, okay, I guess because when I you don't want to go home, mm. even you though we have discharged okay you, for you to be there they gave your me baby. yeah. Mm. Yeah, because okay. I, I wasn't going to go home and leave her in hospital. There's no way. You know what I mean? So, especially after everything she, especially, had, she had gone through. Yeah. So let's go back to the incident where you said you died for the three minutes. Um, we've had people come and share their experiences on the afterlife mm-hmm. and how it works. And some people literally see themselves lying there. Mm. And I know this is a story you've never shared before. And I'm glad because we do exclusives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you tell us yeah. about that time, that journey, that process? So um, I just heard from people that I, you know, the nurses, my mom, the doctor, that you mm-hmm. had died. And for the longest of time, I didn't understand what actually happened, what took place. If anything, I used to question God or why didn't you just let me die? Because here I am suffering with this child on my own. Mm. Why did you preserve my life? So I was angry with God for a long time. And um, it was when I started, you know, reconnecting with God again that God revealed to me and reminded me, do you remember seeing this and that and that? So Mm. what happened was um, prior to me giving birth to my daughter, I had lost any connection with God. Sure. I I was just a Christian by name. If you had placed me next to uh, an, an average individual who has no belief system, mm. you wouldn't see a difference. You wouldn't say yeah. this one is a child of God and that one is not. Because I was just living like a person who does not even have a spiritual backbone. Yeah. Um, I was drinking. I was partying. I was smoking weed. So I was a person who was just a Christian by name, but I wasn't living by those values. Mm. And we all know that the wages of sin is death, right? And so Mm. what happened that day was that 
I, I, I saw myself in like a court, right? Mm. Where the devil is saying, but God, but you see, she's been living her life recklessly and the wages of sin are death. So let me take her. She's mine. You and God said not with her. She still mm. has work to do. Yeah. So mercy saved me. Mm. Mm. Come on. In that situation, there was, uh, you know, God advocated for me. Jesus actually advocated for me. What are you are not taking her, even though she deserves to die and go this way, but you're not taking her. And and I didn't understand mm. why would I be deserving of my life being preserved. I could have mm. just died like anybody else. Mm. But you see, when you've had an encounter with God in your life and you know yeah. you have an anointing, God doesn't leave us nor forsake us. Yeah. Even when we forget about him and walk astray, he never does. God still mm. stays with you. I was raised in a church. I'm a born again Christian. I was a Sunday school teacher, a strong believer. My family knows me as a prayer warrior. Yeah. If you want something to go right in your life, maybe you're applying for a job, they'll say, call Nola Rapelel. Mm. You know what I mean? But I had disconnected myself sure. for a good seven so years. So Jesus remembered. Yeah. Jesus remembered yeah. all the work that you had done, that, that commitment to him. He just never forgot that. Mm -hmm. Do you remember coming back to your body? I didn't see my body lying lifeless. All I mm. remember was seeing myself in a courtroom like I'm in the middle. And here's the enemy's camp and here's the kingdom. Mm. And, you know, it's a fight for me. Mm. And that fight was won by saying, my mercy mm. will save her. And, and that's exactly what God's mercy is. You know, God just said, I know she's done wrong. I know she's been doing wrong. This one is mine. Mm. And God didn't save, preserve my life for me. God preserved my life. I guess for my kids and also my kingdom assignment. Yeah. So I've been asleep for a while and God literally shook me out of my sleep. Yeah. You know, and and honestly speaking, that's what also drove me to start writing the book. Mm. Oh. You're like, I need to document this. Yeah. Yes, yes, I need to document this because you know, it's like speaking about your story, like writing your book goes beyond you. Mm. It's not about you anymore. It's about the people who are going to find help, mm. hope mm. through the book. Mm. So when did you start writing the book and what is the book about? Is it about your life story or your experiences? What's the direction that you took? So I got the idea of a book back in 2017. I know that because it's on my 2017 vision board. Yeah. But I never really knew what I'm going to write about. Mm. Um, so I would just write, you know, a few snippets. I'm one person who writes her feelings down. Since high school, I've just been writing. Mm. And when I returned back home from hospital, it's just me and my two daughters. The older one goes to school. During the day, it's just me and this kid in the house. My mom could only come and assist me on weekends. So from Monday to Friday, it's just me and her in the house, right? So I fell into depression. Yeah. I, was, I, f I got anxiety attacks because I could not sleep. I was scared that I won't wake up. Sure. So, and I'm healing from the cesarean and I'm mm. still, also still managing my BP, high blood pressure. So I was taking a cocktail of, of about 10 pills a day. Yo, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. And, and this is with a newborn. I have to be present with this yes. newborn. I can't zone out. And you know what pills do to you? Yes. You drowsy, you feel yes. tired, you just want to sleep, stay yeah. in bed and recover. Yeah. So I was an emotional wreck. I remember mm. fighting with God and my spirit every day. 
saying, well, matter why did you preserve my life? Look at me now. Look mm. at me now. And God said, no, Lord. I had to preserve you because you've got work you still need to do mm-hmm. on this earth. Okay, then God, why did you, why don't I have a job anymore? Why don't I have a job? Because he's got a job. I don't have a job. Why don't you take care of me? And God said, you will get a job. Don't worry. And I will provide. I will provide for mm. you. Always have more than enough. Mm. But I had to remove you out of that environment because mm. the voices were too many. Mm. I needed your full attention, undivided attention. And this is where I want, in this isolation is where you will hear my voice. And yes, did I hear God's voice. Mm. So I started writing. But it, the writing was as a form of healing. Yes. When I could no longer afford a therapist, mm. I started writing. But in the writing, oh. I underwent so many spiritual endeavors. I went into spiritual warfare, I don't know how many times, because there were so many things I had to go d- renounce and denounce in the spiritual mm-hmm. realm. There were so many chains I had to go break. One of the most important um, fasting periods that I went through was when I had to actually pray about the different sexual encounters I had. Mm. You know, when we grow up, we meet people, and when you remove yourself from the values you were yeah. raised with, yeah. people say sex is just sex, no. but it's not. Mm-hmm. And God Covenants. Re- yeah. yeah. In that moment, God reminded me, do you yeah. know that you lost your way and you got confused because you have had sexual encounters. Mm-hmm. You have mm. confused yourself, mm. your spirit. Mm. So that's why you lost yourself. And I had to go in okay. and literally remember everybody I've been with and go collect your. what I lost. Mm. You know, and go re- take it back. I'm taking back what I lost, and I'm. I had to release any spirits um, that I had inherited, yeah. and from them, yeah. because there's an exchange of spirits yeah. at yeah. that moment. Yeah. You know, so I had to do that, and I know that anybody else would say, just ask for forgiveness from God and move on. Yes, can ask for forgiveness, but there's certain soul ties you mm-hmm. need to break in the spiritual mm-hmm. realm. So, I think I was under spiritual warfare for a good year or two. Mm. And only when I had done, basically with every um, season or everything that I had to go break, when I was done, only then could I write about it. Oh, yes. When you've done the work. When I've done the work. And the healing is there. Yeah. Then you're able to put it down. Yeah. Because one thing about God is God will not allow you to liberate somebody if you're still in bondage yourself. Hey, Mm. come on. So I, I could not tell, oh no, watch out for the encounters you have with people, um, you know, as you're growing from being a young adult, a teen to a young adult, be cautious, be cognitive of who you encounter with intimately because mm. you might be inheriting spirits that you're not aware of, right? Sure. So that's just one of the things I speak about. So the book is called The Decade in My Lifetime. And um, it's really just about the 10 years in my life from being a young teen into and and a young adult Mm. but I infused it with the recent experiences that I've had right Um, I have a chapter that speaks about mental illness and my encounters with mental illness and what was the first time I experienced mental illness which was Mm. in I'm sure standard two when I first wrote my my first ever exams sure that's when I first got an anxiety attack so Mm. 
you know, I've been living with anxiety. And how do you even describe anxiety at that age? Exactly. Now that you're older, you understand. I understand oh, what that's it was. what I had. That's what I yeah. had. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, I would speak about that, but I would also, you see, with the book, with every encounter or with every chapter, there's a lesson to take home. Yes. And that lesson is, yes, you may have done so and so, but did you know that you can undo that? You can undo that. And yes, restoration. of course, my story speaks about God a lot because I have a very intimate relationship with my creator now, you know, right. and uh, I, through the writing, I also found myself where I had lost myself mm. in the world. So I, I found myself again. And um, I, I speak about um, your identity, that it is not just where you um, come from. It's not your family name. Your identity doesn't lie in your um, physical appearance. Your mm -hmm. identity doesn't lie in your accolades or your yeah. achievements. Your identity is who you are at the core. You know, you are spirit before you are flesh. Mm -hmm. And the spirit that lives in you is the spirit that God gave you. And that's the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Yes. And I needed to remember that. Amen. I have a sound mind again. Mm -hmm. I had to deal with um, forgiveness. I had to learn to forgive myself for the things I have done when trying to survive. Mm. Um, mm. I had to ask for forgiveness for people I used when trying to survive. Yo. Yeah, yeah. Hey, oh. Yo. <laughs> you know, because I don't know, like, you know, Mudimud remind you, you know, you actually were using that poor child and that child, that poor boy loved you. But when I know survivor, <laughs> you know, you were just trying to learn. Yes, and God would actually convict me to actually go ask for forgiveness when I'm yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. For you doing. to take accountability yeah. for your actions, yeah. yeah. I also had to learn to forgive those that never said sorry. Mm. You know, so I speak about forgiveness in the book as well and how it's important because you're also ridding yourself of the weight that you're carrying around, mm -hmm. you know. Your book is deep, eh? Quite deep. Are those your personal experiences Everything that you wrote in about? my personal experiences. I literally put myself out there I, yeah. I, mm. I'm standing when you read my book you're basically reading you reading me yeah. right but mm. but at the same time the reason I tell those stories is because I'm trying to liberate you that you can never walk too far away from God to not turn back mm. you don't mm. have to stay the way you are your mistakes don't have to be your identity you don't have to be the yeah. guilt yeah. because you, you are in it because I believe there's purpose behind every pain yeah. young mm. one don't believe the lie that sex is just sex. It's not. Mm. Young one, don't believe the lie that when you just drink, um, it will just be social drinking. That can develop into an addiction. And then you end up not knowing who you are because um, substance abuse alters the chemical balance in your brain, right? And then you continue living just like any other person. And, you know, I do speak about toxicity, which is um, substance abuse. And how do you know that you're a substance abuser? It's by your habits and the way you live your life. Behavior. If you find yourself involved in, you know, um, social drinking every weekend, it's an issue. It is. It mm. is an issue. Don't just think because everybody is doing it. We live in a in a country where people actually drink as a hobby, as a hobby, hey, as a hobby. Hobby when people are, are are suffering and dying every day. Exactly through that. So it, it's definitely more serious mm. than. Just a casual thing, you yeah. know. But you speak more about it on your book. Um, so, guys, please 
go get the book. We'll leave all the information on where you can get her book yes. in the description box. Click on the link. Let's support her. I mean, Mukhadi. <laughs> to us you are nono um and i'm just like so honored to have heard your story mm. in such a personal space because for True. me we've been trying to meet it didn't happen but i think the time was not right mm -hmm. and now the time is right and i'm glad the book is done which means that you and have well put hey. in the work yeah it's not and i'm easy. so proud of you it's a wow. process to write a book mm -hmm. but also i think the bigger process is also being able to be that vulnerable mm. you know because for me i'm like as she's saying a story like when you are when you haven't gone through anything you don't understand the process of offloading and being transparent with things talking stuff. about something is not easy mm, yeah. you know especially we got to personal. especially something personal mm. especially something that you've gone through people in the media want to be perceived as perfect we yeah. only want to share the good things but nobody wants to go back and bring the dirty laundry and yes. say this and this and this and I think I really respect you for that yeah. and for me it doesn't take away any of the respect that I have for you yeah. I think I have more respect for Absolutely. you even so because I now know that your conviction is real because yeah. you're so free to talk about it and and this is why for me it's so important to get the book because you're getting it raw you're getting it true yeah. you know somebody sharing their heart they're putting themselves out there and more than what it is for her it's for all of us mm -hmm. so well done thank, thank you. you thank you um it was a kingdom assignment mm -hmm. and every chapter was spirit-led i could not write if i'm not convicted mm -hmm. you know so it took me a while and I was also scared to publish it because I'm like, Lord, I don't want people to know that about me. And God yes. said, it's going to change somebody's life. Yeah. You have to write Nolo. And I guess um, that's how I leave my fingerprint on this earth. Mm. Yeah. Too good. Please send love to the girls. I will. <laughs> you have the most beautiful kids, by the way. Oh my goodness! <laughs> very yeah, cute, with a, with a very, very beautiful vocal personality, and yeah. I know they I like them you. That, yes, they're you. I'm like why did I? <laughs> and very smart. <laughs> yes. Very, very, very smart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, thank, you. thank you, my friend. Thank uh, you so wish you all the best for your career, for yeah. your future, for your life. For come your back love on life. screen, girl. Everything. Hi. Everything. When you I come back, I'm there it. to change the industry. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's what time it is guys thank you so much for watching we do look forward to all your comments in the comment section below do not watch without saying something do not watch mm -hmm. without subscribing do not watch without liking don't just watch go and listen as well because it's different I get you watching us you are seeing us <laughs> when you get to the car go to the podcast and then listen to it you're going to hear it with a different eye yeah. you're going to hear it with a different ear <laughs> you know um, we're so honored to have yet another inspiring episode but um it's time to go. We'll see you in the comment section. For myself, Millicent. And myself, Innocent. And our awesome guest, Nolo. Yeah, it's bye, bye for now. Bye. <laughs>